Hello, everybody. This is FUVFC, WFUV's soccer podcast. Bit of a special edition today. We got Tyler Bailey here today for once in his life. Tyler Bailey, how are you, man? Excellent. You can you can turn your I, mic uh, on from from right there. Just oh, have, just all right. Well, uh, I know you're new. I know you're new, new here. Got a new situation in the uh, the recording room today. But to answer your question, I'm excellent. How, Good. How are you? I'm fantastic. Reed Horner is here today. Red Bull's beat writer. We'll get to him in a second. Reed, how are you, man? I'm good. I'm happy that my first time on the podcast is after the season's over. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how that works out sometimes. So anyway, this is going to be a bit of a special edition podcast. Obviously, the MLS Cup is on Sunday. Seattle Sounders versus Toronto FC in Toronto, mind you. That's going to be, talking about this before the show, that is going to be a chilly one. They're talking about the Chiefs game tonight being really cold, but that is going to be a freezing one if I if I if I can quite literally it's gonna be probably below freezing it'll that game. definitely be below freezing uh, I just want to just want to give a quick shout to our our listeners the game is Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox all right well thanks guys <laughs> thanks <laughs> for giving for, Fox thank you for promo. you know thank you for giving me uh for telling me the right day because I was gonna tune in on Sunday night and completely miss it so thank yeah. you for that anyway so it's been a it's been a good year for the MLS in the New York area. We talked about this at length on podcasts earlier this year that the NYC, that the New York area teams, that is the New York Red Bulls and NYCFC, have represented the city pretty well. I mean, both teams were at the top or near the top or at the top of the Eastern Conference for just about the majority of the season. And obviously both teams fell in the first playoff round. Neither team really, neither team could make any sort of noise, so to say, in the playoffs. But guys, overall thoughts from the season. Reed, you're the Red Bulls writer. Tyler, you're the New York City FC writer. And you were also at the New York City FC game, their playoff game, as a fan. Just take me through their season. Just give me some overall thoughts from from a beat writer perspective and from a fan perspective. Yeah, well, the first thing, you know, there was a lot of turnover this past offseason. Jason Kreiss uh, unceremoniously let go. Uh, they brought in Patrick Vieira from the... Manchester City Elite Development Squad, which is their their U21s, essentially. Um, this was his first time being a senior-level manager, and he did a great job. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of player turnover um, in, in terms of meaningful positions, um, but the, the improvements they made results-wise, standings-wise, uh, were, were absolutely uh absolutely what was needed to really keep interest in this team flowing and obviously Vieira was a huge part of that and he did a great job uh David Villa obviously league MVP uh he had another great season yeah uh as of yesterday uh he's been an excellent addition to major league soccer he's been the model designated player Mm -hmm. uh he's worked his butt off on both sides of the ball which you don't always get from these big name signings um but that's what Vieira was able to get out of him uh Tremendous improvement from guys like R.J. Allen throughout the season, um, who delivered some great defending and attacking play, um, and and really just the only the only real flaw that still remains in this team is their porous defense, uh, which to bring it full circle, Toronto FC took full advantage of to the tune of five yeah. nil in that second playoff game. Just going back a couple a couple minutes there, just how much of an impact did Vieira have on this team? How much of the improvement from last season to this season can be attributed to the changing coach? Uh, I think a lot of it, and I think it's the fact that he was committed to a philosophy uh, that I don't think Jason Christ remained as committed to. And the thing is, early in the season, 
Uh, New York City FC didn't look like they were improving too quickly. They looked like it was going to be the same kind of nonsense that uh, fans had to deal with in their inaugural season where they just really were never able to put it together for a a serious amount of time. Um, But what happened this year is things started off slow. Um, The defense made their share of mistakes. So did Josh Saunders and goal. Um, And the offense wasn't always able to make up for those mistakes and make it show on the results sheet. But they stuck to their philosophy. The players figured it out and they had a great season. So it's really all about that playing philosophy and playing out of the back and playing attractive football, which they were able to do uh, for the majority of the season. I was really impressed with the style of soccer they played, and that's really all down to the coach. Uh, one more point I want to make about Vieira is he was able to get a lot more out of each individual than I think Jason Kreis ever was. When Frank Lampard was healthy, he was uh, absolutely lights out. Uh, he had 12 goals and I think 16 starts, which is a, a pretty good goals per 90 average. Uh, Kiri Shelton came on towards the end of the season as a very good impact substitute, and that was one of the things Vieira talked about at the at the the early points in the season was that he said uh, Kiri Shelton doesn't understand how good of a player he can be, um, and throughout the season, a lot of work was done individually between Vieira and Shelton, and they were able to get kind of that level towards the end of the season. So it's really been a, a good year for Vieira, both developing this team and developing himself as a coach. You mentioned the playoff loss. We'll get to that in a second. But, Reed, let's go across the river to Harrison, New Jersey, Red Bull Arena. Give me your overall thoughts from the season being a beat writer. Well, I would have to say disappointing. And not because the team was horrible, but because in sports, lots of times, they just didn't meet the expectations that were set for them. Unlike um, NYCFC, who I'm super surprised in their success. Second year. And yeah. they already have their MVP. They're already, I mean, they didn't win the MLS Cup, but that's expected in my eyes. Yeah. The Red Bull are a little different. I think the Red Bull coming in, they had a roster with uh, Mike Grella, Louis Robles, who I think is an underrated goalkeeper. I really liked him every time it went. Um, Sasha Klitsch, they had two of the top three MVP voters on their team. Like, yeah. this is a team that you would think would be playing this Sunday, and they didn't. Um, I have to say it's because of their slow start. I think that was disappointing. They lost six of their first seven games, which kind of put them in a hole. But um, if you look at the season progressed, they, they they got better as time went on. It just seemed for some reason they they slipped that last game against Montreal. So what do you so you think? What went wrong in the early part of the season kind of came back to haunt them. I mean, they still won. They were still the top seed in the in the Eastern Conference, if I'm not mistaken. Correct? Yeah, they're still the top seed in the Eastern Conference. So what you're saying is. Basically, what went wrong at the beginning of the season kind of came back and remanifested itself in that playoff loss to Montreal. Is what yeah, exactly. Saying. I don't know exactly. I don't know why. Being in the locker room, I can tell you whether they lost or won, they were a very confident group. Marsh was a very confident coach, and that kind of fed into you. Could, you could feel that. So I don't know what led them to make such mistakes. Because I thought they were on their way to maybe even playing this Sunday. They were a really talented team. So let's transition to the playoff game. Were you at either of the games just just to start off? No, were, no I didn't. were you at? You were not at that game. Okay, I was gonna say thinking you were went up to Montreal for a second. No, My I'm apologies. the I'm the youngest out of the beat riders. Okay, so, like, so the you good didn't, games. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you didn't get the priority <laughs> there. But being following this team the whole year, what do you think went wrong in that playoff loss? Because it's not like it's not like they kind of got unlucky and they lost by a goal or they lost by a late goal or dramatic goal. They kind of they, they they got outplayed. I'll I'll go out and say it. I'll say they they deservedly lost to Montreal. What do you think went wrong? Yeah, I think 
they definitely got outplayed, but I think they also beat themselves up as much as Montreal did. I think they had a lot of missed opportunity, open shots on goal. Missed penalty as well. The, the, open, yeah. the, the early missed penalty kick, which I thought was a gimme. Uh, and they did too, right? When they got penalized, they were yeah. celebrating as if they'd already scored. I think... Um, Kleshin also missed a penalty at the game that I was at. One of their It was their next-to-last regular season game against Columbus. And you just can't do that. I yeah. mean, no matter how talented you are, like I said. And I think they... I don't want to criticize um, Marsh because I think he did a great job managing the team, but I think they seemed a little overconfident, and they let something slip away from them that I thought they should have taken over. Tyler, back to the Bronx. What went wrong in that playoff loss? Uh, their defense got exposed by uh, an incredibly good attacking team in Toronto, which featured the likes of Sebastian Javinko, who is the best player in Major League Soccer, even though David Villa uh, won the MVP. Uh, Sebastian Javinko is the best player in Major League Soccer. <laughs> they also had U.S. Men's National Team striker Josie Altador, who has had an unbelievable playoff run, scoring in five straight yeah, games in fantastic. the playoffs, which no player in Major League Soccer history has ever done before. Um, also, his form throughout from... The, the midpoint of the season on has just been absolutely incredible. So want to give a quick nod to Josie. But that's essentially the story of the game. And once NYCFC went down 2-0 uh, in, in that first leg, I, I think it was over. I, this is a team that last year I think they struggled with the mental aspect of things and staying in games. Um, and, and sometimes that was the case this year too. Especially earlier in the season, they 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 kind of gave up late in games when they were winning, and they lost a lot of points based off of that. Uh, it happened against uh, Montreal earlier in the season. It happened against Orlando uh, when they were two nil up until about the seventy eighth minute, I think, and uh, lost it on a last second header. Um, well, lost the lead. They ended up drawing the game, but those kind of things always were kind of in the background, and they were able to overcome it for part of the season, um, most of the season that actually mattered. Um, but in the playoffs, it it stuck around again, and that's why they lost 5-0 in the second leg because they didn't believe that they could overcome <clears throat> the deficit. They gave up seven goals over yeah. the course of two games. You said the defense got exposed, and obviously it did. Anyone who people who have never watched a game of soccer could tell you that. Oh, yeah. Why didn't that defense? Why didn't the defense get exposed as badly as it did in the playoff game during the season? Well, it it, it did. Uh, the Red Bulls beat New York City FC by scoring seven no, I mean, goals in one game. That once. is a great. That, that's a great point. I should have. <laughs> I should have brought that up. But over the course of the season, because in the Premier League, you see teams get exposed defensively, and they end up not being able to run towards the title because of it. Like, let's go back to Liverpool three years ago. They were exposed defensively, and it took them out of the title race because of it. Why did that not? Sh- why didn't that show up consistently throughout the season? Well, the league format uh, in Major League Soccer is very forgiving to teams that don't play good defense. Um, and the and the the fact is, when six teams per conference make the playoffs, that is true. You you get a lot of leeway with results, but also NYCFC were a very high scoring team, and they have a lot of attacking talent. So they were able to make up for a lot. And honestly, they got lucky a lot of times. Josh Saunders, over the course of the season, made some incredible saves. He wasn't always solid, but he would make saves that you'd be like, wow, I can't, I can't believe they didn't score there. And that happened consistently. And it's a personnel issue, really. Uh, Frederic Briant, uh, Jefferson Mena, are, are not, and Jason Hernandez as well. He used to be good, but now he's really old. Uh, those are not MLS-quality defenders. Yeah. And it showed whether it was their distribution, uh, their ability to track runs, their ability on restarts. Th- they weren't up to the task at any point this season. And the season, honestly, it'll. They gave up probably. I think it was the second most goals in the league 
they're not going to be able to keep doing that yeah. and winning on that model. That is unheard of, giving up the second most goals in the league and being finishing in, second in the conference. Ex- exactly, that's unheard of. You'd be you'd be in the bottom half of the league if that if you were giving up the second most goals in the Premier League. How do they you'd be fix the bo- that then? Bottom of the table. They sign good. better players. No, they yeah, have to sign better say. players. It's, what, it's the bottom line. Let's go off of what Reed just said. Where does New York City go from here? Where does NYCFC go from here? Obviously, uh, Lampard's gone. They, yeah, which is great. What, uh, they're gonna go younger. <laughs> they're they, they're absolutely. You think going that's to go great younger. that he's gone? Yeah. What were they gonna get out of him at thirty eight? He had. Not you just said enough. he had twelve goals and sixteen appearances. It's not like he's over the hill at this. His thirty ninth. He only made sixteen appearances. That's the problem. Okay. If that you're is, paying yeah, no, that a guy true. six and a half million dollars, you expect him to be there and be a major part of your team. And it's irresponsible to pay that kind of money to a guy that you don't know is going to be able to provide that. Also, with that kind of scandal attached to him that he had for the first six or eight months of his career, where he wasn't under contract, uh, was loaned out in quotation marks, to Manchester City, came in, had an injury that kept him out most of the first year, uh, came back, was booed his first game uh, during that 7-1 drubbing by the Red Bulls. That's not a guy you want to keep building around, especially when he has that age attached to him. So it's important that they go younger. And Major League Soccer just added um, more targeted allocation money per team. So they have $800,000 more per team to go spend, or $400,000 more per team to go spend on players. Who, in terms who of can, salary, who can so, who can that get them? I'm not really familiar with the MLS's salary cap kind of money. Well, it depends where you shop, and that's why you see a lot of scouting happening right now in South America because okay. when these younger players in the Argentinian league are out of contract and they're looking for their next big move, uh, you can get a lot of good talent for not a lot of money, and then you can sell it onto a bigger league. Um, that's what just happened actually with Atlanta United. They just signed Miguel Almiron. Yeah, uh, very good player. That. They beat Arsenal to his signature, which is pretty impressive. That is. Um, and that's the kind of way I'd like to see NYCFC go. Now they don't need the attacking talent as much, but they need two competent center backs. They have great players on the outside, as far as Ethan White, RJ Allen on the right, Ronald Matarita, and uh, Diego. Martinez on the left back side, but they need those two center defenders that they can build around, and that's why they need to go younger there. Reed, same question to you. Where do the Red Bulls go from here? It's another disappointing loss, another year at the top of the conference and an early playoffs exit. Where does this team go from here, and are they ever going to get over that proverbial hump? You're right. You, I, I want to say that they're going to do it next year, but every year we say that. Yeah. I just have to say that they, they have a chance to win. Again, I go back to the talent they have on their roster. Bradley Wright Phillips scored 24 goals this year. He's a striker extraordinaire. He's, he's although, fantastic. Although, although he does seem to a lot of times just kind of sit around. They just seem to appear. He doesn't. He, doesn't, <laughs> he just seems to be impactful, kind of like a like a, a fireworks appears and a then big, big goes explosion away. and then goes away. Fair enough. Um, Klitschen's more of a prominent role, kind of on both ends of the ball, but. <sighs> I just don't see them doing that much, honestly. <laughs> I think that their team so keeps getting think- older and older. I think they should get better, um, but players like Grella and McCarthy aren't getting any younger, and they play like they're very physical style of game. And I, I just think that they have the experience, they have the talent, but they still can't keep winning, and there's a reason why. And I think part of it is that they just can't sustain that kind of long season, which is why they had a hard start time starting, played really well, but then started getting colder. Uh, playoff uh, soccer, a little bit more physical and all that kind of stuff, got harder and and they just kind of snapped into the pressure. Well, if you're hold on, I want to jump in here. If you're familiar at all with like the annals of MLS history, uh, 
the Metro Stars, which turned into the Red Bulls, obviously, have always been like this. They've always had great seasons and then never been able to pull it together and win silverware. No, that's a great that's a great point. That's Tyler, really what they've been able to do. I, would, I always like to say that <laughs> it's like a curse. They're kind and of it's a the, very well documented thing. They're kind of the Sh- Cincinnati Bengals of the NFL. Yeah, well, like they yeah. always do really well, but they yeah. never are able to put it together in the playoffs. Why do you think that is? Is there a concrete reason why why that might be? My, I don't think so. My, my reason has to be non-soccer related because at soccer-wise, two and two is adding up to five, and we don't. It doesn't make sense. It has to be some kind of mentality. That's a great I like that. It has to be some kind of mentality within either the players. Then again, I love their coach, so I can't say it's their culture. He's a great coach. He's I think great coach. I think Klitschen as a leader. From what I can tell, he's not a very vocal guy, so maybe he can be aloof. And uh, once the team gets down, that they kind of snowball their way into losses. Um, but I'm kind of at a loss for words because all like, all the numbers not adding up to what they ended up being. Two and two adding up to five. I yeah. like that. I'm going to use that from now on. That's great. Tal, let's go back to you. We're talking about kind of like the team's culture here. You said that the Metro Stars and now the Red Bulls yeah. have that kind of have that culture. What's NYCFC's culture at this point? Are they like? Are they basically going to turn into the Yankees? Are they going to turn into the most um, hated team? I don't think so because Seattle exists. Um, but the oh, thing so you about, think they're the, the thing Yankees, is the thing basically. is it, it, history is going to write itself. And the, the Metro Stars they were one of the Major League Soccer original franchises back in '96. The New York slash New Jersey Metro Stars, and uh, they have yet to win any silverware. Any silverware in the playoffs? Have they gone to an MLS Cup before? No. As the Metro Stars, neither is the Metro Stars either. No, I don't, well, I don't believe so. Very telling. No, but they've they've won the Supporter Shield, which is the regular season title. They've yeah. won that twice, very recently. And they have huge banners at Red Bull Arena. They make sure you know that. Yeah, they, they make sure. They, they make sure. Of it. If which, they ever, but, well, Jesus, they're going to do an, a, an entire like cover be a the fireworks show, a yeah, parade exactly. through Harrison, which I hate by the way. <laughs> I hate Harrison, I hate it when I saw those because yeah. I always felt like it was like your mom framing your participation trophies <laughs> from intramural <laughs> basketball or whatever. Those things are huge. Well, they they are they are proud of their two supporters. In my opinion, uh, the supporter shield is a much better way to to tell who is the best team over the course of the season. No, I agree. But playoffs but, are an entirely different. But beast. this is this is America. In in, <laughs> in England, they'd have three or four league titles by yeah. now. But this is yeah. America, and this is American sports. The playoffs, it's what it's and all about. Yeah, and I I love the playoffs. No, I agree. Yeah, now you're getting a discussion about what the playoffs are. The playoffs, almost in any uh, sport, maybe besides the NBA. Doesn't ever determine the best team in a league. It's true, it, but it's a lot ed- of fun. So I'm saying it's a lot. It's a lot more exciting. And the MLS could do with that much more publicity and, and that much more fans becoming attracted to the sport. You no, know what absolutely. I mean? It's gr- so, it's great that the MLS they would not be able to survive without a playoffs. It's just the American culture. It's just yeah, the American fan. That's not, how it is. That's not even American. Look at Toronto now. This this run they've made, I think, has really been great for the country itself. Yeah, no, the, the, the country. And yeah, and Montreal had sixty thousand fans at the first leg of the. Uh, no, yeah, they yeah, uh, of the Eastern Conference Championships yeah, that they played the, against Toronto. North of the border, they, they love it up there. Got, they love yeah, it up they've there. They've got some really great. Um, uh, but but yeah, let's support. go back to NYCFC um, because <laughs> yeah. the point is, point is, history really is going to write itself. And I think the reason they they dumped Christ is because they kind of wanted to just wipe that first year away because it wasn't up to anyone's expectations. An eighth place finish in the East was not what anybody was looking for um, in that entire organization, from the Manchester City ownership all the way on down to. The kit man at NYCFC, but what they've done now, what they've done now is completely turn it around. And I think once they're almost there, once they sign a couple good defensive players and they they get they unload Frank Lampard's salary and get an actual human being player who has some some spryness left in his legs, uh, it's going to get even better. 
So they're, what's happening now is they're on the upswing, and it's very good. And I think that culture of winning is just something that perpetuates itself. And once you start to build that, it's something that strengthens itself as it goes on. So they have the potential to become a very good franchise in this league very quickly. Um, obviously, the playoff success wasn't there this year, but the fact that they went from being eighth in the East to second and had the fourth highest points total in the league and made it to the playoffs against – and well, they got blown out. But, hey, at least Toronto's fighting for a championship now, you know? So they have some feathers that they put in their cap this year, but they need to keep going forward. And if they do, they're going to very quickly become one or one of probably the two most prominent franchises in the league. I, I might not um, be let into Harrison after saying this, but I honestly, <laughs> when you talk about comparing them to the Yankees, one, that's not a bad thing. I think that team has a couple World Series. It's true. Under yeah, a their couple, belt. one or two. Honestly, I think 10 years from now that New York City will be NYC FC City. I think the Red Bull are kind of like the girlfriend or the boyfriend <laughs> that cheats on you one too many times. They just keep disappointing you in the city. Well, they're also just not keeps... in New York. That's no, so. another thing. It takes me two hours to get yeah, to one game. It's, it's ridiculous to get over there. And I think the more popular you talk about star power with Vila um, winning the MVP this year, the, the success the team has had as well as the individuals, as well as the location – right here in New York City, yeah. I think a lot of those things are going to start gravitating and, and pulling either fans that, who weren't fans of the MLS to begin with or even Red Bull fans who maybe don't want to go all the way out there and be disappointed anymore. Not saying the team's going to go, but I do think, yeah, NYCFC's future is a lot brighter than the Red Bulls. To be completely honest, ever since NYC has, NYCFC has existed, I think it's been their city. To be completely honest, I don't think the Red Bulls have ever had the draw in Manhattan in the five boroughs that they've really wanted needed. and needed exactly yeah. i think they're going to have tremendous fan support i think they have a lot of fan support in new jersey and in that area but i think ever since new york city fc came into existence i think it's been their city and i think it will continue to be their city because a they play in yankee stadium and they have and they're new york city fc they're yeah. marketable no one wants to say oh i'm, I'm a red bulls fan she's like okay cool like, it's just a like, corporate sponsorship like, ex- as exactly. the name of the team they, don't even NYC, know what you're about. they they are new york they're they're they they identify fans identify with them. They don't really identify with the Red Bulls. Most of all, especially people in the city, people out in New Jersey may identify with them, and those those they're true fans, and they have a lot of great fans. But NYCFC has done a great job of marketing them. Can yes. I switch the in roles the on you real quick? Do you think then I have a question? Do you mm-hmm. think that the New York Red Bulls could end up becoming something like maybe the New Jersey Red Bulls? No. If they lose popularity enough, some kind of company they want to switch their brand or, or go, go gravitate. For more fans in New Jersey, as because they're losing it yeah. in New York. I don't think I don't think that's a crazy proposition, Reed. I really don't. No, Major I, League Soccer is not going to concede that market with two teams. They're not gonna They're not gonna let them change their names. That is fair, but let's go ten years down the road. A it's lot not of things. Happen. A lot of things have happened in the past. Either the te- team's going to relocate completely, or they're just going to fight it out. And I think they can. They've built a good culture for themselves, I'm, and they have support. I think and they New have Jersey a pretty could, good TV. I'm not saying MSG it's going to well. happen. I'm just saying it's a good. It's a good suggestion. It's a good. It's it's not a bad thing to suggest, Reed. I'm 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 with you on that. I'm not going to say I fully support yeah. it. I'm somewhere in between <laughs> you guys. I'm not going to say I'm I'm with Tyler on this one because anything can happen. Yeah. But also, yeah, Tyler is right. Like they really don't want to concede no. that New York name. But Reed, I'm I'm honestly leaning more towards you. I really think that in ten years from now, a lot can happen in ten years. If the Red Bulls end up becoming one of those bottom teams in the Eastern Conference. Anything can happen. A lot of a lot of bad, a lot of crazy decisions can be made when you're in. De- well, when I just you're also say times. that because being there in person, a lot of the fans aren't coming from New York City. Exactly. They're not taking yeah. the um, train with me. They're coming from other areas. It's true. 
And I think mostly they're not taking the train because it's impossible to get yeah, over the path there. Yeah, the path train is a disaster. <laughs> but let's talk about let's talk about it being a numbers game. I mean, if you look at the attendance for New York City FC games, they had the third highest in the league. Uh, it was about twenty. That's what I'm saying about, I, I, about identifying with, yeah. with New York. It's and New York, the Red Bulls, the Red Bulls struggled a little bit more than they previously have this year with attendance, and I think that's due to a shift from Red Bulls yeah. fans to New York City fans. And I went to a couple fan events this year just to do a little bit of reporting on that, but. Um, I, I talked to some, Insider some information, people. Yeah. yeah, some people, and they said like I was a Red Bulls fan for X amount of years, but then I went to one New York City game and I was hooked. I was just going to say, in my city, it's at Yankee Stadium. They have these players; they they're exciting to watch, and it's easy if you live in New York City or or even in Westchester, yeah, to get to these games. It's and I mean, easy, if yeah. you want accessibility and you want cheap tickets, which you're getting either way, you're gonna root for the team that a you identify with more. B, ha- has the more exciting players, and NYCFC have so far, and C, that you can actually access. You're no, I, go to the games you can go to. No, it's you're 100% right. You read, you're shaking your head. No, you, no, I, I, I agree with I'm, I'm shaking my head because I'm upset at the New York Red Bulls for not doing everything that NYFC has done. It's true. I'm not going to lie. I was not the j- biggest soccer fan before I took this job, but over the year I've really kind of started to really love the sport. And, Absolutely. And, and, and the MLS itself was really great soccer. The Red Bull um, treat not only their fans but the media great. But no, yeah, the, I went to when I went to the Red Bulls game, I was stunned. It's a, it's an incredible fan so experience. I sit right on rated, the field. Yeah, the, they're rated. like I think they got an award for like being yeah. the, the best rated fan experience in the tri-state area, which they have. To be most comfortable team I've ever covered. No, it, it, without a doubt. But yeah. I do, will have to say, before I started covering the team, I had to go wait. Like they're in Harrison, like yeah. New York. I'm like, why aren't they in maybe Yankee Stadium? Or why aren't they doing everything that he's saying that NYFC is using to draw people in? It doesn't matter who's in the jerseys. If they're the local Pee Wee team, if they're selling exactly. tickets in Yankee Stadium, there's a portion of fans who've just wanted to go see that see, place, exactly. and that's what they're gonna be able to market even if they're a horrible team. Look at so. for, look at Fordham football. They played in, in Yankee Stadium this year just because it is Yankee Stadium. It's a it's yeah. a horrible it's place a to watch a football. Tool, it, absolutely that like, as well. But it's a horrible place to watch a football game. No one actually wants to go there. You just want to go there because it's Yankee Stadium and it's hallowed it's hallowed turf. Yeah the mystique. That's a great way to put it. Tyler again you're shaking your head. No, I, I I understand what you guys are both saying. I mean, I was saying like it's a bad place to watch an actual American football game just because the way they have to lay out the stadium. I yeah. think it's a pretty good place to watch a soccer game. They're not- I'll be honest with you. People have given it crap because of the f- actual dimensions of the field, but like, I think a lot of that was because NYCFC weren't good at home last year. They're good at home this year. Like you can play good soccer on that field, and like the some of the sight lines from the. Uh, the stands are they're they're good. Ten, like, they're not bad. We said ten years. We we look ten years down the road for the Red Bulls. Ten years from now, are the are is NYCFC playing at Yankee Stadium? Um, I am not entirely sure, and I don't really want to commit to saying yes or no. The problem is, like, where are you going to put a stadium? It takes forever to do yeah, anything. Yeah, and in New York and City. I think what's what's going to end up happening is they're going to have to collaborate with like Columbia University on building a stadium. Yeah, that's actually not a great. That's to them. not a bad idea. And they've talked about that before, but. Unless they go to Queens, or Queens is the only other option, but then you kind of run into like, okay, well, where are they going to put Upper that? Manhattan somewhere, maybe? Because you said something with Columbia. Maybe yeah, they could do no something, put something together. They're not ever leaving. You talk about them having success this year. Winning cures all, and I think that includes architecture. Like I again, think I'm with, yeah. again, I'm with Reed in this you one. You don't leave Yankee Stadium. There's a, there's a huge portion of the, the fans, and also Major League Soccer as an organization, wants them to have their own stadium and thinks it's a big part of, like, What's going to happen with their stability? Because Yankee, the New York Yankees are a minority owner of the team. It's true. So they, there's a lot of decisions that really don't 
Is Sooty the, ma- the majority yeah. owner? Really? Yeah. It's like 75-25. Oh, wow. I, I, I okay, disagree, enough. though. I think they should never leave Yankee Stadium. I just don't I, think... I think they should, but I don't think they will. Again, I'm right in between you guys. I'm not I think sure. They if, they, should. if they can could go you imagine Columbia if they build, and build a nice stadium... Could you imagine if they build a beautiful stadium? Like State-of-the-art state stadium. State-of-the-art. 25,000 seats is all you really need. That would be incredible. sell it out every game. Absolutely. The atmosphere would be great. Incredible. It's even more accessible than being in the Bronx is. More people want to go because, honestly, it's in the Bronx. Exactly. I think this is something you have to build up to, though. If they did it now. Well, they can't do it now because of the zoning ideals. If they were, I think they need to grow in popularity more. And I think they can. They can. No, I think I think Reed's right. They can use Yankee Stadium to attract new fans, get them involved, and then ten years give it one or two more years with that Yankee Stadium draw, and then they'll have just about as many fans as they could ask for, and then they can move to a different stadium. I'm, I'm, I'm again, I'm in between you guys. I think they should leave because the prospect of having their own stadium would just be incredible. That would be an incredible experience. And I mean, the the thing is, you kind of get both sides of this, no matter what you want to have happen, because the fact is. Even if they start planning for a stadium now, and even start putting like things to the to the New York City like zoning board and saying, "Hey, we want to do this," it's still going to take them about 10, 12 years to get it get it like actually set and built. Because you know how long it took to actually get Yankee Stadium built, the new Yankee Stadium. It took they, about twenty years. Twenty years. They wanted that new stadium since the early nineties, and they, and they, they were finally got built in two thousand nine. Yeah. And they're the Yankees. It's not like they don't have clout in the city. It's not yeah. like they're the Mets or anything <laughs> like that. Come on now. By the by, the time it's built too, everything's outdated. <laughs> you know, actually, yeah. But anyway, I would be remiss. We're talking about New York soccer here. It would be I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the New York Cosmos yeah. and what's what's happened there. Tyler, just you and I were there when they played NYCFC yeah, in the US summer. in the US Open Cup at Fordham University. We were we were on the we were on the field level. Or we were on the field, yeah, not we field, field level. <laughs> we were on the field. And that was we were such playing. <laughs> that was such yeah, really. That was such a cool experience. I mean, they had a a huge traveling yeah. contingent with them, and they seem to be like a really good team as well. They're not, and a bad then team. out of the out of the blue, they were not a bad team because as of yeah. now, they are officially out of business. Well, it's uh, it certainly is something because when you start a business selling the same product as the business before you failed to sell on the same business model with the same trademarks, why would you ever think that's going to succeed? It's true. Why would you ever think that's a good idea? And they didn't really make any meaningful changes to that business model to make it sustainable in this market with this sport that's still trying to grow. Being the second division, you don't have as much resources. You don't have as much popularity. You don't have the reach of Major League Soccer. So you have to do things differently. What NASL did is they tried to say, okay, each team owner really gets as much autonomy as they want, and they really get to kind of do whatever they want. And what ended up happening was... The people who run One World Sports and who run the New York Cosmos footed the bill for a lot of this league. And once Bill Peterson came in as the commissioner of the league, he really did, made a lot of bad decisions. And uh, a, a lot of people are suffering right now because of it. But what the New York Cosmos did, and essentially this this turned into the demise of NASL as well, is they put the entire organization on a credit card. They lost over $10 million per year from 2013 when they entered the league until right now when the league folded. NASL tried to get way too big too fast. Yeah. They filed a lot of legal actions against U.S. soccer. Uh, they, they tried to punch above their weight. They spent a lot of money doing that, uh, and they didn't get what they wanted. They wanted to be sanctioned as a Division One league, and, and they weren't because they didn't meet the requirements, yeah. but they kept lobbying. Bill Peterson kept trying to undercut U.S. soccer, and that's not going to work when you don't have the clout of a, a, a real league so <laughs> the writing was on the wall from the beginning i i never really thought nasl was going to be able to catch on and become what people wanted it to become um 
and 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 now we're we're here and That's the good- league folded and a lot of players and a lot of staff and a lot of coaches and a lot of media people are out of jobs, out of jobs yeah. the only good thing is there are some very 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 talented players in uh nasl or what was the nasl you have guys like miguel ibarra drawing one million dollar transfer fees from mexican teams um you have guys who are talked about like going to they're they're the subject of transfer speculation to like teams in Belgium and Denmark. So they're very talented players. Mm-hmm. Now those players, they're free agents. MLS doesn't have to take shots at trying to pay those transfer fees. Those guys, if they show up and they try hard and they play well, could earn themselves major league soccer contracts. So it is an opportunity for advancement for some of these players. Yeah. But for the rest of these guys, uh, they're going to be on USL contracts because a lot of teams are going from NASL to USL, which is now the new Division Two league de facto. Those salaries, those payment structures, those teams are a lot more unstable than the, their major league soccer counterparts. So no, th- th- a lot of people are in flux right now. So you can't be happy that NASL folded, even though it is kind of Schadenfreude material, yeah. um, because the reality is like a lot of good people are out of out of work, and it's the holidays, so that's, that's bad. A, that's a great way but to put it. They <laughs> they didn't do anything as an organization to prevent this. No. And when you put $30 million on a credit card, essentially, you're going to get what's coming to you. You put it so eloquently, they did not change their business model at all. And you need to, considering the first one failed. It didn't work. It didn't work. <laughs> and you're going to do the same thing again. Why do you think that's going to turn out it any differently? That's a great way to put it. The definition of crazy. It's it definition insanity. of insanity is doing yeah. the same thing to, more than once and doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah. I think that's the quote. I might have yeah, butchered it. Yeah, you got there. Anywhere. Anyway, I did get there. Back to... New York City FC and the Red Bulls here. we got to wrap it up in just a little bit. Give an overall grade for the season. Let's start with you, Reed. Let's give an overall season for the New York – overall grade for the New York Red Bull season. You are the teacher, and here are the Red Bulls. They hand you their final exam, and you go, okay, New York Red Bulls, you get a – C+. Plus. C+. Plus. And why is that? Because they did not meet the expectations that uh, were set before them. I think these were A students that may have gotten into too much extracurriculars in school and, and didn't <laughs> focus on what they needed to get done. No, that's a, Again, that slow start was a big deal. I know it sounds stupid. They had a couple old guys on that roster, but a lot of it was young. Going 6-7 and seven really mess, not messes you guys up, but puts you in a hole. They fight their whole th- way back through the season, and which is great. They should be commended for that. They end up, you saying ending the regular season with a great record. But then that takes a lot of effort and toll on you both physically and mentally. So once they reached the playoffs, they got down and they were never able to come back. And so I think they failed on two of the three most important aspects of yeah. playing in the MLS. The opening, the middle, and then how you end your season. They, they only started, succeeded in the middle. Yeah, okay, they, they didn't start or end their season well. So they're, they're average because they had a good record, but they didn't do anything spectacular. Tyler Grade. Uh, I'm going to go with a B plus, and I hesitate to put yeah, them I, into I, that, I agree that, both that, you guys, that A minus range because of the 7-1 loss to the Red Bulls. It was a big black stain on the season. And then getting blown out even worse (laughs) by uh, Toronto FC over the course of two legs um, is is also terrible. Um, But what they did was they completely turned themselves around from how last season went. Uh, They made the playoffs. They finished in the top two. They earned that home field advantage for the first leg, which I actually think is a disadvantage, but they did it, uh, and it is a status symbol. They brought in some good players. They got a lot out of the people they were supposed to get a lot out of. Um, Patrick Vieira changed the culture of the team, and the results kind of spoke for themselves. Now, 
what they could do to get an A next season, win at least one playoff game. Not yeah. even a series, but win a playoff game yeah. and hopefully do it in New York. Uh, they also need to bring in a defense that's competent. They need to replace Lampard, but not with another Lampard. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really need to just keep building the culture, um, both inside and outside. They need to find new ways to attract fans, lock down that market as best they can. Um, Won't be hard. <laughs> try to get a try to get a maybe a better TV deal out of yes. Uh, I think some of the games did pretty well as far as ratings goes in this region. Yeah. Um, and really, just kind of keep building themselves as an organization. They're on the right track, but they're not there yet. Lots of great stuff, guys. Tyler Bailey with NYCFC. Reed Horner with the Red Bulls. One final thing, MLS Cup predictions. Any Seattle versus Toronto, any predictions? Uh, 3-2 Toronto. Reed? Uh, Toronto 3-2 as well. Toronto 3-2 as well. I'm going to go Toronto 3-1. Hmm. So, But, yeah, I think with Giovinco up top, I, I I picked him at the beginning of the playoffs. I was like, listen, watch Giovinco. And oh, look at, Canada. Look at, yeah, oh, Canada is right. Well, thanks a lot, guys. This was a great episode. MLS, I guess, season recap special at this point. But anyway, we will be back here next week. FUVFC, John Furlong, Fareed Horner, and Tyler Bailey. Have a good one, everybody. No